Alrighty, welcome, welcome, here we go. Yeah! Just watched Hot Tub Time Machine. It is 2.08, or I was gonna say it's Lou 08. Lou o'clock. Oh my goodness. Here we go. Let's not jump ahead to the MVP. Let's just get right into it. Hot tub time machine. Hilarious. 2010, 2010, a decade ago. And a decade from now, then the hot tub time machine will take you back to the time that the movie Hot Tub Time Machine was released. So you'll reach that point where maybe it'll be a sauna or a steam room time machine or some other sort of heating or something. I don't know. All right. Refrigerator time machine. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's... So yeah, we're going to... Uh, get into it. Uh, directed by Steve Pink. Happy Gilmore was directed. I've, I didn't say yesterday. Happy Gilmore was directed by Dennis Dugan. Dennis Dugan. That's Dennis Dugan. And um, yeah, Hot Tub Time Machine. Hilarious cast, lots of funny people in this, uh, Rob Corddry, Craig Robinson, John Cusack, Clark Duke, Lizzie Kaplan, Chevy Chase, just the name, that's, that's the main people. It's, it's a funny movie. It's funny. So speaking of funny, let's just, let's get right into the, the funniest scenes I got my trusty red pen, and um, here we go. So, at the beginning, when Lou pulls the catheter, he's in the hospital after trying to kill himself in the garage, and uh, he pulls the catheter off himself, (laughs) and Nick and... So Lou is Rob Corddry, Nick is Craig Robinson, Adam is John Cusack, and Jacob is Clark Duke. So, yeah, Nick and Adam are, they're like, you should just wait for the nurse. And <laughs> Lou is like, no, I, I got it, I got it. He just, he just whips it off himself there. And we have an ongoing thing when they whisper the three friends. So the three friends are Adam, Nick, and Lou. And then Jacob is, what, Jacob is Adam's nephew. And then, I guess if you want to do spoiler alerts, so spoilers, this, uh, yeah, we'll just go in depth on it, of course. But you find out later that Jacob is Lou's son. So there you go. But so the the three friends, Adam, Lou, and Nick, <laughs> they whisper, Great White Buffalo. So that's that's for like a 
unattainable or a girl that they let get away. The great white buffalo. And we have when uh, I love the montage, the montage partying scene in the hot tub. And then you cop that. You, you, you don't cop. You cap that off with Lou puking on the squirrel. And when Nick asks a gr- so right when they think right when they go back into 1986 and they can't figure out they don't realize that they were in a time machine yet and Nick asks a girl he he, he grabs a girl and says what color is Michael Jackson and she says black and then he just freaks out so that's funny and then when they put their hands together and yell, hot tub time machine. And then Lou's like, yeah, and, and Adam doesn't want to do it. But then Lou is like, yeah, we voted on it. But you were you were in the bathroom, but we voted on it. <laughs> so that's funny. And then uh, let's see what else. When, the, so an ongoing funny part is the bellhop who almost loses his arm. Well, so, so in the present, in the beginning, the bellhop only has one arm. So then when they go back to, to 86, then they're constantly, he keeps almost losing his arm. Like he's throwing a chainsaw up in the air and, and the, and then he gets it stuck in the elevator and Lou keeps rooting for him to lose his arm. And he keeps getting upset when when he doesn't lose it. So that's funny. And then and then when he finally does, a truck sideswipes him and he loses it. And then Lou cheers. And then but then it turns out that the ski the Ski, what were those guys called? The ski security guys, Blaine and Chaz. They helped him save it. They put his arm on ice. Grab some snow. Throw that throw that arm in with some snow. And they helped him. So then he he had it reattached in the in the present when they at the end the end present. And let's see, what else do we have? Um, yeah, Lou is like, oh yeah. <laughs> and when he's on the roof, he's the, the bellhop is pulling the guys back up from the roof. And Lou is like, this is how it finally happens. <laughs> and then other funny stuff. When Chevy Chase calls Jacob, young lady. He thinks Jacob is a young woman. He he calls him she earlier as well. And when Lou slides over a couple shot glasses to Jacob's mom at the bar and they just slam into the wall and break. That part's funny. When Nick calls his wife who's only nine years old (laughs) and he gets really mad and yells at her about cheating in, in the future. 
that part's funny. And then at the end, when Lou created Lugal, as well as being a part of Motley Lou, that's that's just hilarious. <laughs> I love the I love the Motley Lou music video over the end credits. It's very it's it's funny it's funny so that's just double checking here that's all i have for the funniest scenes for the scene i would add i want to see what happened in cincinnati that they refer to when nick is laughing and he's like you put it in a shoebox and you wrote Cincinnati on it? He, he can't believe that. But they just, they're referring to, and then, and then uh, Jacob is like, are you talking about a fetus? And yeah, they never clarify what that's all about. So I would like to see what happened in Cincinnati. It's like, were they at a, a Reds game? Did something happen at a Reds game? Bangles, bungles, who knows? No NBA team. Was it, I wonder if there's a, well, there's an ABA team probably back in the 70s or Cincinnati. I think Oscar Robertson played for, well, no, he went, didn't, I think Oscar Robertson went to Cincinnati. Hmm, <laughs> maybe he played for the, I swear it's like the Cincinnati Royals. I think that's a, it might be an ABA team. All right. So most improbable. I have just the the main plot as being, obviously, it's not supposed to be realistic. I mean, it's, it's supposed to be improbable. So the, the fact that there would be a hot tub time machine. And then also, I think... Excuse me. I think Nick would have sang Hey Ya instead of Let's Get It Started. Let's Get It Started. That was Black Eyed Peas. I think he would have gone with Outcast. Hey Ya. I think I think that's a better song in the same the same genre, the same arena. And lastly, for most improbable, John Cusack, Adam, he mentioned, he said, oh, the 80s, uh, I hate the 80s. So I have that as being improbable, that there's no way John Cusack hated the 80s, because that was like his, his heyday, like... He was one of the biggest stars back in the 80s. So I get that as uh, improbable. I think John Cusack's favorite decade was probably the 80s. So there we go. Let's see. For SportsCenter Top 10, I have Top 10 80s tropes. So these are... If Sports Center was going to do a top 10 on Hot Tub Time Machine, these are the lists they would make. 
There we go. Top 10 80s tropes. Top 10 loo cannons. Or loose cannons. Spelled L-O-U-S-E. And that would just be loose. Top 10 examples of loo being a loose cannon. And top 10 future bets. So bets that the guys would have made, um, sports bets, any, any, what is that? I'm listening to, I think, I think my mom turned the TV on really loud. I can hear the TV up there. <laughs> the, yeah, sound travels in this house. Oh yeah, and I'm doing this, doing this in the bathroom right now, because we got the pellet stove on in the basement. So, and that thing is loud. That's a, it's a roaring stove. So, it would. I tested it with the. I tested the sound quality, and it's it. It would have been very loud in the background. So, I was watching the movie cranked up to eighty. I was on a. It was 80 out of 100 on the volume right there. I mean, it still wasn't that loud, though. It's it's one of those... Just not that sensitive volume or something. But <laughs> just to give you a little insight. So, yeah, I was I was hot. It was, it was cozy, warm. I was all cozied up. Felt like I was at a cabin. Felt like I was at a hot tub time machine cabin watching it all cozied up next to the stove. It was very nice. But drinking my milk, eating a piece of pumpkin pie. Not not bad. Not bad. Alright, so let's get into MVP. As I alluded to earlier, my MVP is Lou. Uh, Lou is, he's the the loose cannon, the wild card, and yeah, while he kind of reminds me of Charlie from It's Always Sunny a little bit, but he also reminds me of Biff from Back to the Future. He's got some Biff in him. Uh, speaking of Back to the Future, that's one of my cross era comparisons. This movie's lots of similarities between this and Back to the Future. Even coming down to like the the sports betting, the sports betting, the the betting on the future of sporting events. Like when Nick and Lou were in the bar, excuse me, and they bet that guy they were betting on the the drive the what Broncos Browns John Elwood so yeah and then they they lost that bet cuz uh cuz the squirrel and I don't was that supposed to be the same squirrel that Lou puked on cuz Lou was like I know that squirrel so <laughs> that made me think that that was I don't that may have been somehow the squirrel 
made its way from Kodiak Valley to wherever, whether either in Denver or Cleveland, wherever uh, the drive, whichever stadium the drive was at. But yeah, so lots of similar to Back to the Future. Like you could have, they could have been using the sports almanac that they used in Back to the Future. And The Hangover is also another cross-era comparison. Just kind of reminded me the whole dude, friends, group of friends, and then you got the one hanger-on kind of add-on guy who's Jacob in this movie, and then Zach Galifianakis in The Hangover. And, yeah, it kind of, yeah, kind of just the same same kind of dude group comedy. Also, The Hangover, when they were going, they're going back through their day, and they're trying to piece together their day. So it's kind of it's kind of the same idea, because Hot Tub Time Machine, they're going through the day, they're trying to do everything according to plan, according to what happened in the past. So in The Hangover, they're trying to figure out, they're trying to go through and do what they did the day before to figure out what happened the day before. So both movies are about recreating a day. <laughs> really, it's kind of, I, I didn't think about it that deeply, really, but that's, yeah, that's, because The Hangover, they're recreating the day before, and then Hot Tub Time Machine, they're recreating 20 years, 20 years before, 24 years, whatever. Because it was, this movie came out in 2010, and then they went back to 1986. So I don't know if it was set in 2009, maybe, or 08, or whatever. There you go. Those are my two cross-era comparisons. Lou is my MVP. My sixth men, I will give Lizzie Kaplan as the poison music journalist. And then she turns out to be John Cusack's wife in the in the present at the end. The the end present. So after it's been affected by by their activities in the past, you know, after <laughs> the end of the movie. <laughs> and then Blaine, Blaine and Chaz, the two, the ski mountain security fellas, those guys, those guys were funny. I, I liked, I enjoyed Chaz, or not Chaz, I, I liked just Blaine's karate skills. Like when they did uh they did a slow motion of his karate. I thought that was funny. And the bellhop, who was played by Crispin Glover. Crispin Glover. Speaking of Back to the Future, 
another Back to the Future tie-in, but the the one-armed bellhop who ends up with two arms. He was funny. He was that was maybe the funniest ongoing plot point throughout the whole movie. That was great. And I'm happy he ended up with two arms. I'm I'm happy for him. I'm 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 I'm, I'm truly good for the good for the bellhop. I I couldn't remember I was I was calling him a bag boy at the beginning. I was like, what do you call those the hotel bag boys? I couldn't remember the term bellhop. But then but then Lou said it in the movie. I was like, oh bellhop, of course. Alright. So those those are my three sixth men right there. Rookie of the movie. I'll just give that one to Clark Duke as Jacob. And I mean, I guess, or you give Clark Duke or Lizzie Kaplan. I think this may have been the first. I don't know. Let, let's see. Let's, that'd be fun. Something I'll pull up. Let's see what else Lizzie Kaplan I feel like I know her from a Freaks and Geeks. See, I was gonna say. I feel like I know her from a TV show. She was, of course, Freaks and Geeks. Okay. She was what? What? <laughs> her partner from 2006 to 2012 was Matthew Perry. Chandler Chandler Bing from Friends. So random. I had no idea. I I n- never saw any any TMZ. What do you call that? Paparazzi stuff. Never saw any Lizzie Kaplan and Matthew Perry paparazzi stuff. But that's random. Oh yeah, she was also in Mean Girls in Cloverfield. So she really wasn't a rookie in this movie. I don't remember her from Freaks and Geeks. I wonder if she was... I wonder if she was one of the main people. Let's see, I'm going to click... I'm going to go to Freaks and Geeks. And then... I don't think she was in it that much. I think she was only... Yeah. Yeah, she was just... She was just one of the recurring people. She wasn't one of the main people at all. Okay. That's that's why I don't remember her from that. Freaks and Geeks was a great... That's a great TV show that went for one season. Ah, I watched that show what long... It must have been six or seven years ago I watched that show. Or it was, it's probably on Netflix. Probably... That's Freaks and Geeks is, that's like the first Judd Apatow stuff. That's the, and Paul Feig, the great Paul Feig. I want to do some of his movies. We got a couple of his movies on DVD here. Spy and, actually three of them, Spy, The Heat, and Bridesmaids. All on DVD in my parents' 
DVD cardboard bucks. DVD, DVD, DVD. All right. So that's your Lizzie Kaplan Freaks and Geeks history lesson there. All right. Let's see. So the coach of the movie, I'm going to give this to Chevy Chase. He really wasn't in it. He was only in it a couple times, but I don't know who else. There's not really a clear coach of the movie. So I just got to go with the, I'll just go with the elder figure, Chevy. And, um, I mean, he was, he was, he was funny in his couple scenes. It was good. For the 2020 update, make this movie more current, more present. I'm going to say they go back, either they go back to the mid-90s and they enter, they go to Seattle and they do a deep dive on the grunge era. Or they go back to Y2K. Like right before 2000. And then Lou would probably... Lou would bet somebody a bunch of money that Y2K is not going to happen. And figure out a way to exploit that whole situation there. So that's how I'd make it more current. I never really... I didn't really come up with any social media angle. Excuse me. Usually to make it more current, I would think, how would you add social media to this movie? Maybe, hmm, some, some sort of Instagram story, <laughs> Instagram story, storyline. Ah, <laughs> like Lou is doing Instagram stories from the roof. Something like that. Okay. <laughs> they're doing... They're posting... Taking beautiful Instagram pictures on the ski lift. I liked it when nobody could figure out... What Clark Duke's... Snowboard was. That was... When did... That's another thing I'm, I'm wondering right now. That's... That's interesting. When did snowboards get invented year invented invented year there we go what <laughs> let's see history of snowboarding this says 1965 so that would be 20 years before this <laughs> before 1986 a man named Sherp Sherman Poppin from Muskegon, Michigan, came up with what most consider the first snowboard in 1965 and was called the Snurfer, a blend of snow and surfer, who sold his first four Snurfers to Randall Baldwin Lee of Muskegon, Michigan, who worked at Outdoorsman Sports Center, 605 Ottawa Street. I like how they give the address. In case you want to stop by and get some snurfers. That sounds like a word that Matthew McConaughey would make up. You you dude snurfing? You dude snurfing over there? Alright. 
Hey man, you guys like snurfing? Hey, hey, hey fella, you like snurfing? Well, snurf on, brother. Snurf on, brother. <laughs> All right. It's like a great, or it's like a weird, like Lorax. It's like something a Lorax. It's a character from, from that Lorax movie. That right there over there is the Snurfer. Don't don't mess with the Snurfer. He's gonna give you the horns. If you mess with a Snurfer, you get the horns. <laughs> Let's see. Randy believes that Sherman took an old water ski and made it into the Snurfer for his children who were bored in the winter. He added bindings to keep their boots secure. Commercially available commercially available snurfers in the late 60s and early 70s had no bindings. In 1981, a couple of winter stick team riders went to France at the invitation of Elaine Gaymard, marketing director at Les Arcs. After seeing an early film of this event, French skiers slash surfers Augustine Copy. This is a tons of name shout-outs. Olivier Lehanier, Olivier Roland. Just what are the <laughs> two and Antoine Yermola. So <laughs> two out of four names. <laughs> two out of four people are named Olivier. <laughs> what? Is that Olivier must be a common French name. Especially in the snurfing community. <laughs> Lots of French snurfers called Olivier. Alright. This is this is like the least interesting history lesson. <laughs> the history of the snowboard is so boring, man. Man. Just get to the part where they where they shred the nerd, man. Uh snurfing. That's fun though. That's that's fun to know that it used to be called snurfing. I like that. Uh, by 1980, oh, here we go. By 1986, although still very much a minority sport, commercial snowboards started appearing in French ski resorts. So it was really, so since Kodiak Valley, since Hot Tub Time Machine was not set in France, they didn't know what snowboarding was. So if... If the movie was set in France, they would have they would have been somewhat familiar with snurfing. Aaron. Nineteen eighty-three, a teenager, David Kemper, began building his first snowboards in his garage in Ontario, Canada. Oh Canada. My snurf, 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 snurf. <laughs> snurf, 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 snurf. Snurf, 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 snurf. God, that's a fun word to say. <laughs> I'm going to start using that word in my everyday life. Snurf's up, snurf's up brother. All right. All right, enough messing around. By 1987, Kemper Snowboards was launched and was one of the top snowboard brands among Burton, Sims, and Barfoot. Ooh, the first fiberglass snowboard with binding was made by Santa Cruz inventor Gary Tracy of Garski. Garski. 
with the assistance of Bill Bork in their factory in Santa Cruz. That's kind of weird that they're making a snowboard in Santa Cruz. You gotta drive to the mountains. I guess they got the they got the surf the surfing inspiration though. The the snurfing combination inspiration motivation snurfing combinations. <laughs> That's, that sounds like a magazine. Snurfing combination. Or or it sounds like a Olympic event. And now, in the gold medal for combination snurfing, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like, a, God, what's that one, that one event where they ski and then they shoot the guns? You, you, you guys know what I'm talking about. It's, it, I don't know if anybody, nobody knows the name of that one, but, ah, it's like, something it's something now it's something now man it's something man in 2008 selling snowboarding equipment was a 487 million dollar industry 2008 average equipment ran about 540 dollars including board boots and bindings triple b 540 bucks jeez that's a that's expensive that's a lot for I wonder how long it lasts. I, I never, never was a big snowboard or ski guy. Never into the the winter sports much, really. All right, let's get back to the movie. All right, if this film were an animal, if this movie was an animal, I just I'm gonna give it to squirrel. I'm just gonna say it's a squirrel because. It's really the only animal that is recurring throughout the movie. There's a giant bear. There's a big a big bear costume, big fuzzy costume thing. So that shows up a few times, but the squirrel cuz it's it's the squirrel that Lou pukes on and then is it the same one as the one that messed up John Elway and the Broncos? That's the big question. That's the question being begged by this movie. And the time, the, the, my movie tagline, the tagline that I wrote for this movie, I said, my, my tagline, kind of like freezing time. See, I, I, it's not bad, right? At, at first I was going to say, the opposite of freezing time, but that didn't really make as much because I don't think going back in time, traveling back in time, that's not necessarily the opposite of freezing time. So that, that tagline didn't really make sense. So I went with kind of like freezing time. It's the hot tub time machine. There you go. And now, to end it here, let's go through... I have a bunch of memorable lines and quotes. Quotes and quips and lines from the movie. So here we go. Here we go. This is the last category I have here for Hot Tub Time Machine. So memorable lines. 
If I wanted to kill myself, I'd be awesome at it. A shotgun to the dick. That's Lou says that right at the beginning when he's in the hospital. And then and then he, he gives Nick a, a handshake as he's saying that. That's a, a funny touch on that. Um, remember when I was 12 and he tried to bite me? Yeah, but you had that coming. That was Jacob and then his uncle Adam replying to him there. And he was obviously referring to Lou. Lou as the one who would try to bite him. <laughs> that's just such a... See, that's another... That's There we go. That's another scene I would add to the movie. I want to see... I want to see what happened when Jacob was 12 and Lou tried to bite him. Like, <laughs> that's... I want to see what caused... What caused that conundrum. So that, that'd be a, a good scene to add. So another one... I've had lots of girlfriends, hot ones. You have had lots of boyfriends, gay ones. That's, <laughs> that's, that's Jacob says the first part. And then Lou comes in with the insult on the second part there. Well, he doesn't have the common courtesy. He doesn't have, all right, here we, he doesn't have common courtesy because he can't start a round of applause. That's Lou talking about the one-armed bellhop. We have... <laughs> it's called male bonding. Haven't you seen wild hogs? That's Lou says that. It's a hilarious wild hogs reference. Which, I wild that's the movie. We gotta look up... Wild hogs is the one... I always get mixed up with old dogs. Which one is Wild Hog? Wild Hogs is the one. <laughs> we've talked about this before on the podcast. Wild Hogs is the one with John Travolta, William H. Macy, Tim Allen, Ray Liotta, Marissa Tomei. Okay. Oh my gosh. Wow. Wild Hogs budget sixty million, and then it box office two hundred fifty three point six million. Wow, <laughs> that's way more. Back in February two thousand seven, that movie made it made pretty much two hundred million dollars. That's crazy. I had no idea that Wild Hogs was at successfully financially uh, financially successful meanwhile old dogs is and are they both do they both include motorcycles are they <laughs> or not i don't i don't think there's any motorcycles in old dogs but that one stars the late great robin williams and john travolta Wait, and yeah, so John Travolta, that's right. John Travolta is the through line. He's the wild hogs, old dogs through line. Okay. And uh, old dogs only made 96.8 million, which is still, that's still a lot of money. 
on $35 million budget. So it still made over $60 million. That's, that's not bad. Let's see. What's the plot? I'm going to tell you the plot of old dogs. Old dogs. <clears throat> Let me get a sip of milk here. Mm-hmm. Here we go. While preparing for an important business deal, two bachelors, Travolta and Robin Williams, become the unexpected caretakers of twin children. One debacle after another follows as the two clueless men try to take care of both their business duties and the rambunctious siblings. Though their lives are turned upside down, the men may just gain an understanding of what is really important in life. So I don't... How do they get tied together? <laughs> what's the what's the tie between them? Like how do how do they get roped together? I don't get <laughs> it doesn't okay, they're here they're best friends and co-owners of a successful sports marketing firm. Okay. So that's that's their tie together. And then it goes it's very in-depth here. Here <laughs> Seven years prior, Dan, who's Robin Williams, recently divorced, married Vicky Kelly Preston after being whisked away by Charlie for a tropical vacation. Wait, so Dan is recently divorced and he married Vicky. The marriage is short-lived. Seven years later, Vicky resurfaces to tell Dan that their short marriage resulted in something he never suspected. Twins. So... So how does he not? So they must have gotten divorced in the time they got divorced between when she got pregnant. And then apparently he never realized he never realized she was pregnant. Okay. And then, and then, uh, hilarity ensues. Very good. So that's, that's the plot of old dogs. I know with everybody was wondering, we're all wondering what's what's the plot of old dogs. Sit, stay, play dad. That's that's the tagline right there for old dogs. I would if I was doing that, I would do something just off the top of my head right here. Um you you can't teach a dog new old dog new tricks. What New trick. <laughs> I, I would do something. I'd be like, what's what's the new trick? And it's hard to come up with a tagline like right on the spot. It's easier when there's not pressure on you, you know? But I would do um, something tropey like that. Okay, here we go. Let's get back to the quotes. Let's go. He's got two arms. Get him. That's what... Nick, that's what they yell at the first time they see the one-armed bellhop in 1986, and he's got two arms. It must be some kind of hot tub time machine. Nick says that, and he punctuates it by looking at the camera, breaking the fourth wall. And yeah, that, that just reminds me of the Family Guy joke when... Peter's in the movies and he gets really excited whenever the movie says its own title. So that's funny. 
Mm. Excuse me. And then Nick says, oh my goodness, burp. I'm, I'm burping up pumpkin pie over here. Pumpkin pie and milk is very, that's just a very rich combination. You get, you get, gives you them, them thick burps. Mm. Um, Nick says, or maybe she's the pole and there's two dudes when a, Jacob's mom was talking about waxing some guy's pole and <laughs> maybe she's the pole. <laughs> there's two dudes. And then Lou yells, the butterfly effect can suck my nuts. Cause he's mad at Jacob cause he's trying to have a, <laughs> it's another funny part of the movie is when they're trying to have the three way with Lou and Jacob and this girl and, and Lou's like, haven't you always wanted to have a three way? And then Jacob's like, yeah, but not with two dudes. So that's a good part. And then Nick says to Lou when they're playing pool, he's like, you had like five mulligans. He's like, no mulligan. You had like five mulligans. And cause he, he misses the opening shot and then let uh like preventing miley cyrus preventing her from what just preventing her that's a conversation between lou and nick lou was the one who wanted to prevent miley cyrus and then <laughs> when when uh lou is about to give nick a blowjob to pay off the bet that the sports bets uh, about the drive that they made in the bar when when Lou was going all biff on everybody, going all sports almanac on everybody. He, and, and Lou was just looking around and like everybody's watching. <laughs> There's so many people. There's such a big crowd for the... I, that's the funny part is that like, why would everybody want to watch Lou give Nick a blowjob? It just doesn't, it just doesn't even make sense. And then <laughs> they're, they're all cheering for it. Like, like they're at a, like they're a cheering section. Like they're the, the King's court. They're acting like they're the King's court at Safeco field for cheering on Felix Hernandez, trying to get Holding, holding up those uh, yellow K signs. <laughs> They're just... I, it's so funny how the people are cheering like so vigorously. Like they're... Uh, yeah, like they're cheering on a sporting event. But <laughs> it's, it's really just Lou just... Lou's about to... Yeah, yeah, do that thing. Do that to Nick. But it's it's really funny when... Lou just looks around and he's, he's like, who are you people? <laughs> That's funny. And then when Lou is on the roof, he yells out, John Lennon gets shot. Wait, did that already happen? <laughs> John Lennon. And now we have to confirm that. Now that's something I have to confirm. That was 1980. 
I believe, I'm just off the top of my head right here. Yep, yep. December 8th, 1980. I'm going to read about what happened. Wait, oh, here we go. Um, wait, so Mark David Chapman. Mark, oh, Mark David Chapman. He's is the guy who murdered John Lennon. And uh, as Lennon walked into the building's archway of the Dakota apartment in Manhattan with his wife, Yoko Ono, Chapman fired five shots at Lennon from several meters away. And Lennon was shot twice in the back, twice in the shoulder. Chapman remains at the scene. Wait, what? Chapman remained at the scene reading J.D. Salinger's catch, The Catcher in the Rye until he was arrested by police. He planned to cite the novel as his manifesto. So that's, 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 yeah. How do you go from, you, how did, was he even reading or was he just pretending to read? I don't know. How could you concentrate on a book when, <laughs> when there's a, you know, the, the police are coming for you. That's just, wait. And then was, he was the guy, wasn't he, wasn't he the guy who was gonna kill himself, but then someone, wait, am I, here we go. Let's, let's read about, um, Yes, exactly. After dropping out of college, Chapman went to Hawaii where he attempted suicide by carbon monoxide asphyxiation. Kind of like what Lou did at the beginning of Hot Tub Time Machine. He connected a hose to his car's exhaust pipe, but the hose melted and the attempt failed. I thought, I thought someone... Hmm. Hmm... He had an affair. He worked as a security guard. I thought there was somebody who stopped him from killing himself. And then that was the story. That that there was someone who stopped the guy who killed John Lennon from killing himself. That's what... Because then I wonder if that person blames himself for John Lennon dying. They're like, if I didn't stop that guy from killing himself, then we we would get sequel. We would get multiple sequels to imagine. We would get a 2020 updated version. Imagine. Imagine all the people looking at their iPhones. You who you may say I'm a I'm so bad <laughs> I would be the worst at whose lines at anyway I, I would I just like the thing in whose lines at anyway when Wayne Brady sings those songs I don't if he's I don't care if he's even making them up but if he makes if he's making up the songs as he goes then Wayne Brady is one of the most talented people 
amp there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wayne Brady. Uh, let's make a deal. I saw him at... I've been an odd. I was an audience member in Let's Make a Deal last year. Got to watch Wayne Brady. That was fun. Um, let's see. Back to Mark Chapman. He, let's see what else Mark Chapman did. In 1978, Chapman went on a six-week trip around the world. Wait. Yeah. Okay. Went on a six-week trip around the world. The vacation was partly inspired by the film Around the World in 80 Days. This guy, this guy is very inspired by media. He visited Tokyo, Seoul, Hong Kong, Singapore, Bangkok, Delhi, Beirut, Geneva, London, Paris, and Dublin. Began a relationship with his travel agent, a Japanese-American woman named Gloria Abe, whom he married... June 2nd, 1979, got a job at Castle Memorial Hospital as a printer, working alone rather than with staff and patients. He was fired by the hospital, rehired, then got into a shouting match with a nurse and quit. That's a a scene I would have liked to see. What what would you yell at a nurse? Why Why don't you just go save some people's lives? Just get out of my face and save. <laughs> Just go freshen up some people's puddings. All right. After this, Chapman took a job as a night security guard and began drinking heavily. God, I bet that's one of the... That's probably a job that lots of people drink heavily. <laughs> night security guards. <laughs> A lot of free time, a lot of uh, dark corners, a lot of shady alleys to to sleek away into <laughs> with your paper bag of booze. You can slink away into the shadows, sip some, yeah, booze. Okay. He developed a series of obsessions, including artwork, The Catcher in the Rye, music, and the musician John Lennon. So he was obsessed with them. I mean, I guess you kind of have to be obsessed with someone to assassinate them. You don't just... You don't assassinate someone you don't care about. That's the one bright... (laughs) The one bright side about assassination is... I mean, at least you care. At least you care enough about that person to assassinate them. Because if... If without the caring, it's not even assassination. It's just it's just murder. If unless <laughs> unless there's some sort of real depth, some sort of you know like investment, like you got to be obsessed with someone to assassinate them. So look, if if you ever get assassinated, then as you die, you can be like. At least, at least Derek cared about me. At least, at least Jill cared enough to stab me in the face. Assassination by stabbing. I mean, except assassinations usually aren't stabbing. I don't, assassination usually means close range gunshot. 
like it's usually one <laughs> it's like the surprise attack you know like a like the opposite of a surprise party that's that's what i would call an assassination it's like you kind of just jump in front of somebody and then you're like ah you, you get their attention you're like ah like get a <laughs> get a get the body language down get a get your get your form down and then they're like what are you so excited about and then they're like i'm going to assassinate you and then that's how assassination works you have to you have to do the the leap in you have to jump in front of somebody this the first step of assassination is jumping in front of <laughs> the the first part about the, the most important part about assassination is the element of surprise <laughs> it's, always, it's always a surprise attack all right enough of that <laughs> it's like the worst surprise party ever okay uh chapman september 1980 he wrote a letter to a friend Linda Irish, in which he stated, I'm going nuts. I mean, but that's that's the thing about social media. See, now let's bring a, the 2020 update to Mark David Chapman. See, he wrote a letter to a friend that said, I'm going nuts. But if, I mean, that's the, the scary part about social media is... You just go, just go on Facebook and <laughs> or you're going to read some people are going to, they, they post a lot crazier stuff, a lot more alarming material coming out of social media than not just I'm going nuts. Like, like people will show you, it's more like I'm going nuts. Now let me show you how nuts I've gone through this lengthy social media post <laughs> let me explain where my marbles went i can't find my marbles this is they're all over the place on facebook all right he signed the letter the catcher in the rye chapman had no criminal convictions prior to killing john lennon all right where is he imprisoned where's he in prison right now where the on May fifteenth, twenty twelve, he was transferred to the Wend Correctional Facility in Alden, New York, east of Buffalo. Up there in the snow, he has to deal with the snow. At least, I mean, there's probably that's probably not that much fun going out on the prison yard when there's seven feet of snow. It's like, does anybody want to go go out for recess? Is that, do they call it recess in prison? You guys want to go out take some recess? Nah, man. It's too snow, too much snow out there. Can't, can't even, won't even find the gate. Won't even, won't even be able to find my way back into prison. There might be so much snow that you can just climb over the top of it and just climb over the fence and escape. That's the problem with prison in Buffalo. <laughs> and you have to watch the Bills games. I mean, it's okay. 2020. They're better. They're doing, they're doing, you got Josh Allen. That's, Josh Allen is the one bright spot about being in prison in Buffalo in 2020. 
So there you go. Hopefully they got some pellet stoves up there in Buffalo. In the, in the prison up there in Buffalo. All right. Got some wild wings. Got some some bone. I, I honestly, I like I like my wings boneless. I don't know what the big deal. Why do people make it such a big deal? If they're like, wait, you don't like wings with bones in them? Like what? Don't you even don't you like skeletons? Don't you? Isn't Halloween your favorite holiday? What's the obsession with having a bone in your wing? Like, it's much better just being able to eat it and just being able to bite into it freely. Not have to worry about it. I don't, I don't know. Is, is there some, some sort of art form that people are proud about eating around the bone? Cleaning the chicken bone? Maybe they think it's it's just chicken nuggets if you got the boneless wings. But honestly, honestly, if if I ever go to Buffalo Wild Wings or Dave and Buster's, I I'm not against going boneless. I'll go boneless. I don't see I don't see what the big deal is. Alright. Let's uh, let's let's wrap this thing up with the final quote here. Uh, Lou says, I'm your best friend. And then Adam says, you are one of my best friends. There you go. There you go. All right. Hot Tub Time Machine. This was a fun movie. Enjoyable. Definitely recommend it if you haven't seen it. Hilarious. Lots of funny actors in it. Great movie. Funnier than I remembered. It's, it's, I mean, it's lots of, there's some, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know if it's rated R. I, th- I think it is rated R. There's some, I, I'm not going to run back into the other room and grab the movie box. I guess I could just look it up right here. <laughs> I guess I could just, I could just look it up on the, I, I think it, it felt like it could be R, but I think it is R. I'm, I'm thinking it. I'm going to say, oh, it is, yep, it's rated R. Yes, it is rated R. R. But it's not, it's not super crazy. Like, there's not, there's not anything, like, very, in, it's not like NC-17, but just lots of, lots of swearing and some nudity and, yeah, it's not, not too bad, but, all right, all right. Not really a family movie, like, it'd be might be weird to watch it with mom and dad but or or grandpa <laughs> watch hot tub time machine with my grandpa that'd be funny all right but yeah it's fun and i'm happy i did it and thanks for listening thank you thank you share the podcast hit the share button on your speaking of social media hit the share button share 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 have a great day till next time Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.